You're listening to a Ford Strike production. I'm Aoife, and I use she/her pronouns. In this podcast, I will be interviewing members of the garages about their songs, the creation process, and possible inspirations. My guest for this episode is Garages band member M. Grace. Thanks for coming on, M. Can you tell us your pronouns, your blood type, and what song you'll be talking about with us today? Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, my pronouns are she or they. Uh, my blood type is wordplay, and I'm going to be talking about the song "Steal Home." Great. So first off, when and why did you join the garages? Uh, I feel like I've been in the garages forever, uh, but I guess I joined in season three. Um, I Garages was the team I joined when I started following Blaseball. Um, after seeing people talk about it on Twitter, uh, opened up Blaseball.com. One of the teams has a guitar on it, and that is the obvious pick, and I've been here ever since. So did you join the band at around the same time, or was it... It was pretty soon, um, because right after, right when I joined is right when, uh, like right after Tiana Cash had been incinerated, and so Rain slash The Garages uh, dropped the song Tiana Cash, which number one, I loved, and number two, made me realize that, wait a second, I can write music about this too, and I wrote Nail to the Heart pretty soon after that. So since the team with the guitar was the obvious pick, I'm assuming that you have a bit of a musical background. I do. Uh, I mean, music's been part of my life for really my whole life. I played piano as a kid. I studied music as an undergraduate, learned a lot about music history and composition and theory and all that very dry stuff and wrote a lot of very serious academic kind of concert work that nobody ever listened to. And then got into a career and kind of puttered around just playing guitar a little bit on my own. Um, And I was never really a part of a band or anything until uh, I joined the garages. I can definitely relate to that. Music was a big <laughs> part of my life, but I never really got into like a band band until this. Right. Cool. It seems like that's true of a lot of us in the band. Like I know there's several of us that have never really been a part of any big group until now. And I think it's a really cool opportunity, um, especially since we're all kind of locked in otherwise. Yeah, I think it definitely has to do with like the digital age and especially like, I wonder if this could have happened outside of something like COVID where we're all stuck inside. <laughs> right. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't seem nearly as promising of a of an outlet, I think, if we could leave the house. Back to the particular song we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. How did Steel Home start in your mind? Uh well Steel Home, I guess it would have been season eight. This was after Jalen's resurrection and after Jalen's like incinerations, uh Jalen started feedbacking people. Um, and a bunch of the garages had been feedbacked, and uh, in particular, Allison Abbott, who I'd written a couple of songs about previously, uh, got um, feedbacked over to the Dallas Stakes. And since I had kind of gotten myself in the habit of writing songs about Allison Abbott anyway, I was thinking, well, if she's in Dallas, this would be a great opportunity to sit down and write a country song. Um, and I was just, you know, playing around with the acoustic, and I had put together a little, like, sort of like half a verse. Um, which 
doesn't actually sound like Steel Home, but has some of the lyrics from the second verse of Steel Home in it. Uh, and I posted that to, I forget which channel I posted it to, but to one of like the garage's working channels of like, oh, here, I'm working on a little uh, little country song. And Rain liked it and some of the other folks in the garages liked it, Blown liked it. Um, and I just sort of kept fidgeting with it and working with it. I guess my working process is I, I tend to like lie in bed and turn things over in my head a lot. And so, you know, I would lie in bed from, you know, 2.30 to 3.30 in the morning when everyone else in my house is asleep. And I would just sort of, since I had that little germ of a song at that point, I could kind of work it over and refine it. And then, you know, a few days later, I woke up in the morning and had like a fully orchestrated chorus, which I put into chat as well. After that, I mean, writing the rest of the song was just a matter of figuring out what rhymed where. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really interesting hearing everyone's different processes. So I, I feel like a lot of my best songwriting comes from like lying in bed and then trying to recreate what I heard in my head the following morning. Um, but that was definitely my writing process for this song. Definitely. Yeah. So this one, I kind of feel like I just, I had to do it. It's a bit of a reach, but I really heard kind of an Elliot Smith influence or an Elliot Smith vibe from the song. Were you inspired by him? <laughs> and if not, who were you inspired by musically? If, if there's an Elliot Smith vibe there, it's unintentional. Believe it or not, the main inspiration for me writing the song, and it's sort of a weird inspiration because the song didn't wind up sounding anything like it, uh, was uh, the bluegrass group, the Osborne Brothers. Uh, they had a song called Rocky Top, which is in and of itself kind of a sports anthem out in the, the Smoky Mountains area. But uh, they have in, in Rocky Top, it's bluegrass, and so it uses like bluegrass vocal stacking, which is a really unique kind of vocal writing where you have, it, most vocal harmonies, you have the melody on top and then accompanying stuff underneath it. But in bluegrass, you have the melody in the middle with an upper vocal harmony and a lower vocal harmony, and they're written very tight in the, very, in, like, the same register. And I really wanted to do that with Steel Home. And so with Steel Home, you know, I have the melody, let me steal home, with harmonies on top and bottom because I was trying to emulate uh, the song Rocky Top, which actually has a very similar melody, um, which I didn't really realize until I was thinking back on it just a couple of weeks ago. Won't you let me steal home tonight? That's really interesting. I never knew that there was that method of focus <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, it's unique um, to bluegrass. One thing that's really interesting, when people think of the garages, they think of, well, they think of a lot of different things now, but sure. when in the pre-Steel Home era, the pre-Country <laughs> Album era, it was very much a grunge band in so many different genres. I mean, we had Neon Fakes recently as of this recording. Mm -hmm. We have lo-fi music, we have ska, we have all sorts of different genres. What do you think it is about the garages that inspires people to make music in so many different genres? And why do you think that a country song and a country album is kind of, when we talk a lot about people's favorite songs, Mm. A lot of people turn to Steel Home, and a lot of people turn, like I personally do. Mm. And a lot of people turn to that album. And do you have any ideas about why that could be? You know, it's an interesting question. Um, I mean, you, you said Garages felt like a grunge band, and it really did as far as like common instrumentation and the sort of do-it-yourself 
ethos and the lo-fi ethos that it had. But even on the early albums, like you would have really, really like blown out amplifier sounds right next to like acoustic ukulele sounds, right next to like Ethan Geller doing seven minute acid jazz breakdowns. And I feel like the garages has always really welcomed a really wide assortment of sounds. And so I guess in my mind, um, going to something like country or even to something like lo-fi hip-hop beats isn't really that far of a swerve given how wide the genre discrepancies on even the first couple of EPs was. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting way of looking at it. And I guess as far as country goes, country music is one of those things that I think for a lot of people really feels very nostalgic. Um, I think, I mean, just speaking in you know, from my perspective, like I grew up in a small town and moved to the city and there's been so much, uh, so much of America that has been forced to move from like small towns where they grew up to big cities where the jobs are, uh, that like looking back to sort of a, and it's kind of a mythical thing, right? The, but looking back to that mythical sense of, of Americana, that nostalgia is really appealing to maybe not to everybody, but to a lot of people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because like I'm I'm from a small town myself and it's like I remember like country and folk country is like a big thing that I don't think I really gave the respect it deserved. <laughs> right, same. Because um, like for me personally, Steel Home like got me in the country. Like I didn't listen <laughs> in the country before it, but I actually really enjoyed the way uh. it sounded, and I loved the album that it was on. That's very flattering, I, thank you. Yeah, it's and it's gotten me to like listen to th- songs that are very much out of my wheelhouse. Sure. And I also think there's like the kind of the people that the people that create works for the garages and for Four Strike are very similar in their not at face value but when you look at their inspirations and you look at their like personal drives i think they're very similar to people who wrote like classic folk country music Mm -hmm. because like when i think about like woody guthrie or i think about like kind of that style i think there's a very similar personal drive that a lot of people have but it's kind of been upscaled to the modern age and i mean you know just talking about additional inspirations for Steel Home specifically. Uh, one of the songs I went back to is from like 90 years ago, uh, which is um, Drifting Along with the Tumbling Tumbleweeds, that, that old Sons of the Pioneers song. And, you know, that was a song that was getting played during World War II, which was also an era where you'd had like the big economic collapse and everyone was getting pushed from their farmsteads out to cities and there was the rise of global fascism. And like you get these really longing country songs that are asking for you know kind of a return to something what felt even then like a simpler time and yeah i think you're right that a lot of there's so much cyclical about that like we can listen to stuff that's 90 years old and feel feel a real great sense of kinship to it because the world in a lot of ways looks pretty similar yeah it's really interesting like you said cyclical there and i think that kind of really describes it not to get too much on a tangent here but <laughs> like i think that there's like we're not necessarily in the same economic depression that we were when kind of country kind of became mainstream for the first time in the united states mm. but i think we're 
we're very close and we're dealing with a very drastic like restructuring the same mm-hmm. way that the world was being restructured the same time country originally came to, came to prominence and i think that sure. kind of shows how when you think of the garages you don't think of like these are the people that would enjoy country and would <laughs> but when i think you look at it on a deeper level like i think there's a lot of things that are folks in the garages would admire from mm. the original like folk country movement for sure for sure i mean country western at if you go back far enough that's maybe not true of like the 90s country revival but classic country western is very much a song of the working people and even on the very first garages album you've got june september like uh doing union anthems so yeah absolutely to kind of get back from our country tangent here <laughs> Um, it's not that much of a tangent. It is a country song, but yes. That is true. <laughs> what made you decide to do the stereo mixing the way that you did? Like, in the song, certain elements are stronger in one ear than the other. And we can spend a while together At least until the change in the weather What was the process like for mixing that? And how do you decide which parts go on which side? And please dumb it down pretty significantly because i don't really know (laughs) what we're talking about here so so the the simple answer is i have listened to a lot of old 1960s records from right when stereo high fidelity equipment was just kind of coming into vague and when you listen to those old albums you set them on your turntable and they're sort of mixed in such a way that you can sit across the room in your chair and close your eyes and it sounds like there's a band in your living room with this guy is over here and this guy is over here and this and the singer's in the middle and the drums are in the back and it's supposed to be realistic in that kind of way in an, in kind of an arch and artificial way but it's like it's it sounds good on a good stereo system when you're listening to these old vinyls. Uh, it sounds terrible in headphones, but it sounds great on vinyl. And literally my process for deciding what went where is I opened up, um, speaking of inspirations, uh, a song called Stoplight Kisses by the Cactus Blossoms, which is a relatively recent band, but they do like really old style country Western music. And the, the music video for that song is just them on a white sound stage. And you've got, you know, this guitar over here and the electric guitar over there. And in the back, you've got the drums over there and the bass over there. And I just made a sound stage that looked like that with this guitar here and the electric guitar there. And the, in the back, the bass is on one side and the drums are on the other. Yeah, and that was really it because I was trying to capture that 1960s stereo mixing sound. I'm sure Mother Love Blown will hate me for it because she hates those old mixes, but it's not her song. The thing about the garages is we're a band of vastly varying tastes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, am, I am proud of my terrible tastes. I mean, I wouldn't call it terrible. I <laughs> definitely like, I mean, I wouldn't call like any of like the tastes of folks in the garages terrible because like there's so much, there's such a different like, I don't really know where I'm going here, but. Um, I- I could do a take on this too, and it would be another like 20 minute discourse, but the the summary is when you grow up queer, everyone tells you your tastes are bad anyway, and there's a mm. point at which you just have to be proud of the stuff you like. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. Like, I think a lot of us in the garages, I would say the vast majority of us are in some way queer. Right. And I think kind of that really influences our work. And a lot oh, absolutely. of people are very proud of what we do. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also like a lot of the times when I talk to folks on the podcast, 
on Idleboard, I we talk a lot about people will kind of jokingly put down their music. <laughs> and I get it, and I understand, and I respect it. Like, I'm certainly not going to criticize anyone's, like, how they want to view their work, but I think there's a lot of, like, internalized, like, kind of how we've always been told, as you said, mm-hmm. like, that our tastes are bad. Yep. I think there's Self-deprecation a lot... is a defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's exactly it. Um, yeah, that was a bit more of a tangent. But, <laughs> um... <laughs> so... When it comes to Steel Home, is there a particular part that like stands out to you as a favorite or like something you're particularly proud of? Well, I'm, I'm really proud of how the vocal stacking uh, that I mentioned earlier turned out. Um, considering I'd never written in that style before, I thought it sounded good. I don't know, one of the things I wanted to do with Steel Home is write a song that wasn't just a Blazeball song, but was also like, I mean, everyone talks about how Blazeball music gives you kind of a backdoor into really sincere sentiment, but I really wanted to center that sentiment here so that it could be accessible to anyone, whether they're in the fandom or not. Uh, and I'm proud of how that turned out. Yeah, definitely. I think you really succeeded on that, not to shoot your own horn a whole bunch. <laughs> well, thank you. We've mentioned it a little bit before, but like Steel Home and our uh, quote-unquote country album is very much kind of, I think, not what people think of when they the first thing they think of when they think of the garages like when i think mm. of the garages i think mike townsend i think fight gods i think kind of that style but i think a lot of people deeply revere the album and steel home in particular mm. a lot and i'm wondering like what has that community reaction both from internally in the garages and the outside music listener community what has that been like for you I mean, I think it's really sweet. Um, I Every once in a while, I will run across somebody, you know, on a Twitter thread or something saying that, you know, the country album is the best album or that Steel Home is the best song, which is frankly quite flattering given how many excellent songs are on both Storms Coming as it specifically and in the rest of the library. But no, it's it's really it's really flattering and it's 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 humbling in its way, honestly. But no, it just it makes me glad to be here, I guess. I don't have anything really poetic to say about it, but but no, no it's, it's... It's, that totally fits. So, lastly, outside hmm. of your work, hmm. what do you consider to be the most underrated Garage's song or <laughs> a song? It's a, I know it's a very hard question. A song it... you would ask as a call to action for all of the people listening to this episode to listen to this particular Garage's song. That's, I mean, it is a hard question, and it's also a very easy question because any song I name out of the entire Garage's library is something that could use more love than it has already. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be greedy here and pick a couple. Number one, Tegan's song, Talking to the Parasite, off of In the Feedback, is an amazing, gnarly, atmospheric soundscape. I love it to death. I think, uh, June September's Avila Trilogy, which is stretched across three different albums now, uh, is amazing lyrically, has a lot of heart to it. And I've just personally been listening to Seb's I'm in Love with a Baseball Player off of the Valentine's album, uh, just absolutely on repeat this week, uh, because I think it's a great bit of uh, writing, both lyrically and musically. But pick any album, pick any track. It's amazing. It's good stuff. Go listen to us. You're definitely right there. So. Thank you so much for joining us on Idleboard. I yeah. personally really enjoyed this episode in particular. Not that I don't enjoy the other ones, of course. <laughs> um, you can say I'm the best. It's okay. 
Okay. <laughs> we are a podcast where we interview members of the Garages, an anarcho-syndicalist baseball band from the fictional location of Seattle. We make songs about being gay, the apocalypse, and fighting the gods, and you can find our music at blandcamp.com with an L, Spotify, or on YouTube. We'll see you next week. Now, here's Steel Home by M. Grace of the Garages. Someday the wind's gonna take me away And it won't be surprising The way that those big thunder clouds are stacked up over on the horizon And way on up high the clouds rolling by And the shadows chase across the ground Let me steal home 
is edited by Ada Quinn, Bones, Jennifer Cat, Nerdy Sims, and Zachary. Hosted by Aoife, produced by Tangerine Velveteen, transcribed by Sigil Crafter Aya and Mary, and written by Aoife and Tangerine Velveteen. That was a Four Strike production.